Hour number three, Darren, Donick, and Chase here on ESPN 1025 The Game, live at Centennial Sportsplex around the Predators' practice. It's taking a little bit longer today. There have been some uh, humidity issues. Got a lot of fog here in Centennial, so they are uh, going a little bit longer with practice, trying to get the ice straight. Of course, we're having record temperatures here in Middle Tennessee where it feels like every day we're breaking an all-time record high for the city. What what's today's high supposed to be? Ninety eight. Ninety eight degrees. It's October. October first. It's ninety eight degrees, which I believe is an all time record. Well, if it hits it, that that's right. what they're projecting the high will be. I'm just looking at. Let's see what my thing says. Ninety two is where we're at now. And by the way, tomorrow's high ninety nine. Ninety nine yeah. degrees. The old Wayne Gretzky 2nd. tomorrow. Hmm. Or Jarrell Casey. Super. Uh, be listening this hour. We are going to give away a pair of tickets to see Monday Night Raw, WWE, at Bridgestone Arena. That will be on yeah. December 2nd. Tickets you can win before you can even buy them. They go on sale Friday, this Friday at 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster.com. So be listening for that. So let's, a new set and everything. It's yep. shiny. Let's uh, – Let's go a little bit further. Maybe we can get some participation. Maybe that's how we give them away. But I want to ask you guys kind of what we ended with. Uh, you, you brought up the Adam Rittenberg piece with ESPN, talking about some coaches. The Rutgers domino was the first to fall. Greg Schiano, Butch Jones are a couple names uh, you see high atop the list as the next coach at Rutgers. And, of course, both of them have ties with that program, and so that makes a lot of sense. Easy dots to connect. But they're then talking about, okay, then once one domino falls, you know, we're a month in. We started month number two of the college football season. There will be more dominoes. Who's on a hot seat? And so let's talk about the one here in the state because Jeremy Pruitt in Tennessee was brought up. And so I'm going to ask you guys, which side of the fence are you on? I understand both. I heard Morning Drive talking about it today. We talked about it with Mitch. There's a school of thought like, hey, you deserve X amount of time, X amount of years, fill in the blank, depends on who you're talking to, to establish their program, their recruits, see if they're the right person for the job. The other school of thought is once you've identified they are not, you don't believe this is going to work long term, what are you waiting for? Why hold off the inevitable? Let's just get started on the new process of the new poi- uh, new person, new voice and let's get on with it, especially a big school like Tennessee. Which side of the fence are you guys on? I I think I've always been pretty consistent on this, whether it's talking about Tennessee or anybody else. Give them 15 years, and then <laughs> and then let's talk about it. Not 15, but I, I do think. 12? Well, it used, it used to be the five, general rule five. 20 years ago would have been your five own year recruiting higher. cycle. Yeah. Well, Let him have like, all of his, his yeah. recruiting cycle. Give him four years to build his roster where it's all guys that he he recruited. Uh, Notre Dame several years ago can Tyrone Willingham, who got off to a really good start. Remember, he had a, he had a couple of really good teams. Yep. All of a sudden, after three years, he was gone. Forgot it was really crazy. And that was a big discussion at the time is three years. Right. Come on. Uh, but now it's a lot more common, right? You don't – if you're willing to swallow the money, I just look at – Financial responsibility 
for the state university, and I know it's the boosters, but how often can you go back to the boosters and ask for all of this money to pay all these coaches that don't coach for you anymore? It's just it, ridiculous. But that, that's the one thing that I heard Braden say this morning that I agree with because you guys know how this works. If I am the top booster at Tennessee, and I, I'm a billionaire, and I am giving all this money, and they've come to me and they've said, hey, Chase, can you give us – you know, X amount, millions of dollars to fix up Neyland Stadium. And I go, yeah, sure. And then I'm watching this season, and I'm I'm not liking the coach. I just – I don't like Jeremy Pruitt. And I go to them and I say, hey, uh, we're going to fire him. Let's go ahead and make a change. And they're like, no, nah, we want to give him some time. Well, you know what? I'm going to hold on to this, you know, $250 million, $500 million, whatever I'm, I'm going to give you. I don't think it's that much, but Wh- – Whatever. That's a, that's a that's People a lot don't donate $250, $500 million. T. Boone Pickens did that over a 50, long time. Fifty million. How about that? That's <laughs> well, it? still a little steep, but twenty-five. Anyway. Whatever. You see my point. I can say, you know what? I'm going to hold on to that, and the coach gets fired. That's what happens. That's just but that's a part ju- of it. They've just gone through this. I mean, they just they keep going through this. I think some stability would look good, even if they don't win at the level that they hope they're going to win. There's no guarantee that a change makes you better. As they've proven, they have proven that the change does not always fix the problem. What they haven't tried in a good while is to let the coach build. Uh, I mean, you got to you got to be certain Butch that Jones, he's not the guy. Butch Jones, look look at the people they they've hired. Butch. Well, exactly. Where's Derek Derek Dooley and Butch Jones have gone on to do what since they left? How many schools have been beating down their door? How many head coaching jobs have they had? Since they left? Well, Butch Jones is an intern, and Derek Dooley was a wide receivers coach for the Cowboys and now is an OC. So you, you wanted to give them eight years? I mean, what what have they done? I mean, nobody else has gone out there and said, you know what, I think Tennessee messed up. I've identified them as a really good head coach. Derek Dooley's been nothing but an assistant no. since he's been gone. And, wide and, receivers coach and now an OC. And do I think that Jeremy Pruitt was given – I mean, he, he inherited a bad, bad situation. Because you had the AD got run out of town, and so did the president Derek Dooley, got run, really, yeah, the the president got run out of town. You had two coaches that weren't fits. I don't think Derek Derek Dooley is a. I mean, I just don't think he's a head coach. That's just not what he is. I think Butch Jones would probably not, be fine at, at a at a Rutgers or smaller, a program smaller like that. Micro, no microscope, just right? Just small school. Go, go over here and do. But whatever. would you just, also admit that the last few times since since the since the hiring of Derek Dooley, Derek Dooley was where on the list of their wish list of coaches? Pretty far down. Well, it's they been struck that out case. on a lot it's of guys. It's been that, that case Same, for all their hires. That's what I was going to say. The last Butch Jones, they, they struck out on several guys before they got to Butch Jones, and then we know what happened the last time that they arrived at, at Jeremy Pruitt. The, the wild card is former inserting himself in there. But you, I just think – I guess Mitch's point is well taken. If you just know it ain't happening with him, then you better you might as well start now. But it is costing you. It's costing you so much money. If if well, if Fulmer did jump in there, does he keep the staff? Does he keep a lot of people on the staff? Where, who does he bring in to, to coach? So let me uh, ask does, you: does, this. does he do a little bit of a Herm Edwards take over and keep some of the staff, and then slowly but surely? Evolve the staff. I don't know. I'd say there there could be a little bit. So let's say they go four and eight. Okay, 
And their well, let's wins, even say five and seven. Uh, I, I think that that is very, very lofty with this team. I mean, that is extremely you know, lofty. Remember, remember what I said a couple of years ago that ended up happening: five and uh, five and six Vanderbilt versus five and six that, that Tennessee, is not which happen. is I don't, I don't believe. That's I think it, it very well could be four and seven Vanderbilt well, versus four and seven. I believe that when you said it Tennessee. that year, I do not believe that this year. Well, no, I, no, I agree. I think it's much more likely. Not that each that. team is four and seven going into that game. Yeah. Unfortunately, well, I, now, Vanderbilt, I, Vanderbilt still they've got opportunities, but we're going to find out a lot on Saturday in Ole Miss. Let's say Jeremy Pruitt's four wins this year. Remember, they were five and seven last year, five and seven first year. Four wins are Chattanooga at home, UAB at home, Vanderbilt at home, and at Kentucky. Okay, those are their four wins. Is that. Five and seven, four and eight. That were their, That's the four wins this year. Yeah, that's good for year three. Wins over UAB and Chattanooga and a lousy Kentucky team and Vanderbilt think, right now that hasn't exactly impressed at home. All three, three of those games are home games. I think the real question, though, is what, not what they do this year. It is also what is the outlook for next year? What does the recruiting Willie, look like? They went out and they hired an offensive coordinator that everybody knows is established in what he brings to the table and paid him gobs of money. It's been they there had, before. They by had the way. a quarterback right. that's been in the program for four years. Right. But he didn't okay. recruit him. Okay. Four years. You don't have some freshman quarterback out there. I know. And you're talking about a regression. You're talking about losing at home to Georgia State and BYU. Where do you think that, that garners a third year? So you, I'm just giving you a the devil's advocate. All right, you're making a good point, but what I'm saying is, when they hired Jeremy Pruitt, the the cupboard was not full of, of really good players. Right? There's a reason no, that Butch Jones is. Mitch Light sat here and said last week that that is not true. He does not buy that notion. He says there absolutely were players on that right. roster, and the cupboard is not bare. He said it on the show last week. Where when you get pummeled as many times as they've been pummeled, you really think they have? That better, that much better players. Are you? I think the perception. Exonerating the coach. Are you? I was saying, are you exonerating coaching? I think the perception of their talent level with the recruiting classes and all the hype that hey, we're doing, we're we're recruiting. I think that they are overrated in 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 their talent level. I think the perception, just like last year, everybody had Vanderbilt seventh and they had Tennessee fourth or fifth in the in the East. The perception of the of the program. It's like this year they got the benefit of the doubt. Again, so but me, they're not that they're, – they're just not as talented. They need to build the roster. Okay, I'll ask and, Which takes side. time. What are you going to ask on the other side? You want to you save it or you, ask it or now? It's just going to be a cheese. It's a cheese. A cheese. A cheese. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a question about your question. <laughs> it's a question about your question. Okay, oh. a cheese from Tace. On the other side, ESPN 102.5, the game. Back around Darren Donick and Chase on this Tuesday afternoon. Hope everybody's having – a good day thus far. A hot day outside today and tomorrow for sure. Still hot, hot, hot as we turn the calendar to a new month here on the first day of October. I was reading uh, as we sit here live at Centennial Sportsplex. Vander Kane gets a three-game ban for abuse of an official. So Vander Kane will start off with a three-game suspension. Too bad it's not a little bit longer than that. That could have had him not in Nashville. Nope. Yeah. He made contact with an official. Uh, the one of the fastest growing rivalries in sports is the Sharks and the and the Golden Knights. Well, actually, should I look at that? Is that is that their third game, or is that their fourth game? Maybe I should look at that. 
I don't, I don't I, know. That, that's look. the Predators' third game. We should look that up. Yeah, we'll look. Uh, but so it it has gotten you you understand the 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 stemming of the rivalry you started off two years ago. The first year Vegas was in the league, they beat the Sharks in the second round. And then last year, the Sharks beat them in that very controversial ending to the series. You know the Joe Pavelski play, the four goals on the power play. They also play each other in the preseason a bunch of times, so sometimes you get tired of each other in the preseason. So Evander Kane got carried away a little bit. It, a lot of people were debating whether you really should have gotten three games. When, when you make contact with an official, they can suspend you, I think, for up to like ten games. And so they gave him three. A lot of people thought that was a little harsh, but uh, I guess the final decision has been made. The final decision has indeed been made. And I am currently trying to look up their schedule. Fourth game is what Max says. Fourth game? So they I, I thought they might sneak. That might be the fourth game. It's all right. Max is on it back there. Well, this I'm getting a lot of I'm getting a lot of beach balls. They got yeah. the Knights back to back Wednesday and Friday to start. Saturday in <laughs> Anaheim. The Nashville uh, Tuesday. Did you guys see by the way the So uh, they get a back to back right out of the gates? Well there's yeah, Friday, Saturday out of the gate. Uh, wow. Home and home with Vegas, Wednesday, Friday with a day off in between. Then they go to Anaheim. So, Well, that's a big boo. Yeah. Too bad that that's not game three. So that'll be game four. Okay. Not afraid. Bring him on. Did you, guys, did, you guys see the, uh, did you guys see the promo that NBC ran for Wednesday Night Hockey during the Notre Dame game for Sharks Knights that had Joe Pavelski taping his stick in it? <laughs> no, is no longer employed Oops. by the San Jose Oops. Sharks. Oops, oopsies. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's a uh, okay. That would be incorrect. Can I pay off my cheese, or are we melting? Yes. The let's bring let's, the cheese. Uh, bring the cheese. Taste. I want to melt the cheese. The chase tease, which will for forever now be called a, a cheese. So you said that to get to four wins, it would be UAB, Kentucky, Vanderbilt. Well, that's, I just threw out those four those four yeah. okay but the, it's i'm not saying i even buy that he's they're going to get four this year but here's the second part of the question that means in that scenario let's take georgia and alabama out of it because we know those are going to be just blowouts and bad losses but under that scenario they lose to mississippi state they lose to south carolina they lose to missouri what do those losses look like are they competitive losses or are they blowout losses because you have to factor that in in his evaluation yeah if it, if it's a one point loss to a couple of them, then yeah. I mean, what, what well, you you have to admit that the the narrative would have been a lot different had they not pulled off the wins against Auburn and Kentucky. Those were giant. Yeah. Yes. Had they had they lost close games to them? Yep. On top of the lopsided mm-hmm. losses they had, they would have looked very bleak. But that Agreed. those two wins alone gave everybody optimism for okay, next year they'll be better. They'll go to a bowl game because you're. Your other win, your wins, if you take those games out of the mix last year, would have been East Tennessee State. So ETSU, UTEP, you said the Auburn-Kentucky game, you got to take out of the mix, and Charlotte. So Jeremy Pruitt's three wins as the head coach at Tennessee in his first season would have been Charlotte at home, UTEP at home, ETSU at home. Right. Not exactly a no. attractive resume. So that that's my point on this. If, like, if – and from what we've seen from the first four games, I don't think this scenario is going to happen. But if they're competitive against some of the teams that they lose to outside of Georgia and Alabama, 
and then they get four wins, that I do think that becomes a factor. Now, what I've seen in the first four games, I believe the next four just aren't going to look very good. So well, I don't really know how good Mississippi State and South Carolina are, and they're both home games. So I, I don't. I don't know how good. They, I don't think they're, they're very good either. But Tennessee lost to Georgia State. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, what you can't really gauge that. Let's go to Tristan in Brentwood. Tristan, what's up? Uh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I was a UT fan. I went to UT, and uh, I'm an ASU grad, and uh, like I tried to volunteer for UT football, and uh, they just, uh, if they had taken me on as a volunteer, they would have won uh, more games, and Jeremy Pruitt is an awful coach. Like uh, He may have won two national championships, but he just doesn't know how to coach. Like On the sideline, uh, like Herm Edwards, if it was ASU versus UT, I think Herm Edwards would beat him, like in a landslide, because yes, he just doesn't know how to get. He knows how to recruit very well, but he's not a good head coach. Okay, all right. Well, thank you for the call. I mean, certainly there have been that has been called into question. He doesn't uh, remember last year. What what game was it? Kicking the kicking the board on the sidelines um you know it's been it's been a learning curve for sure but i i'm one that i understand both sides but i also know that i just kind of feel like if you've identified somebody that it's like the best thing that one of the best things that amy adams strunk has done and she's done a lot of good things since she's taken the reins of the titans is just basically come in and identify that Ken Wisenhunt was not the right guy and say that Tommy Smith made a huge, huge mistake. They could have easily rode out Ken Wisenhunt for many more seasons. And they went a season, didn't go a season and a half, didn't go very long, right? How long was Wiz, was Wiz here, the Wizenator? Yeah, it was season and a half. I think that's right. And he had a five-year, five-million-a-year deal. he got fired Marcus's rookie year, right? $25 million guaranteed and so he had a whole lot of money left on that contract and he could have they could have easily said you know we owe this guy tons of money we're just going to hold on to him and you know what it was the right move it was the right move to move on from ken wisenheim would you have said midway through Derek mason's second year that hey it's time to cut the losses there were people saying that that, hey, this guy just isn't the guy. He's fired both of his coordinators after yeah. the first year. He's put himself in as the defensive coordinator. Who's the quarterback? It looked really bleak. Coming from the where it was with J- James Franklin, it took a nosedive. But they stuck with him, and he has, you know, he hasn't hit new heights, but he has stabilized and he's had some success. Yeah. So, And he has improved as a head coach, I think. I Actually, think- in that article, they've kind of got him as – he needs to get things turned around this year. Or he is on the hot seat. And well, that's a new AD, but right. they signed him to a contract extension, which I, I, I know you can get out of those, but I, still. I, I think do not perceive in. today that he's on the hot seat. Now, I, I do have my, my, my worries about this particular team. They are going to have to play better to keep the standard, and the standard is you better be hovering right around that six-win mark. Now, if they don't make a bowl game this year – He's 100% back next year, I, I, I think. But I do think next year it gets a little more Max, do you pressure, agree? pressure packed. Do you agree with that, Max? Sorry, that guys, we, we got some callers back here. I'll, I'll All right, let's, later uh, on. Let's, go to, let's go to Mr. Blitzer. Mr. Blitzer, what's up? 
Hey, I just want to let y'all know that that goober who just called in and said that uh, uh, he was Jeremy Pruitt was a terrible coach. He's going to be the first one to jump ship and start cheering for him again once they start winning. He's all talk about how bad they are when they're losing, but when they start winning, he's going to be the first one. To, oh yeah, go Tennessee, go Tennessee. I knew Pruitt was going to be a good coach, dude. You are so full of BS. Go back to school. That's all I got. Bye. All right, thanks all right. for the call. Wow. Caller on caller crime. Let's go to John down in the borough. John, what's up? Hey, guys. Hey, you know, it's a great discussion, but, you know, one of the things I look at when we get at the end of the day, and, and again, tell me if this is kind of what would play into your decision making. You look out there and you think, what else is there? We're not going to keep Jeremy Pruitt. Who are we going to hire? Urban Meyer's not coming to Tennessee. Um, not that we especially want him. He's, he's not high on my list of anything. But you know, who, who's out there that you look at and say, man, this guy's a rainmaker. When they show up, you know, programs change, recruiting change, we get all this stuff. I'm kind of looking at the, the college football circles and not seeing that type of person where, you know, let's sell the farm and get this guy because we need All right, well, fine. You want me to throw one at you? Let me throw me one, one at you? Okay, he was just on our show. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's sitting out there with, well, I guess he's got a job whenever the league starts. Wh- whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> XFL. Uh, Bob uh, Stoops. Okay. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, like you said, he's committed to the XFL, which Wh- by this time next year should have folded. So, um, <laughs> I, I, well, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I'm kind of looking at, you know, I go back to World Football League, USFL, um, whatever that wwe football thing was but again that's what this um, is okay bob stoops i'll give you that and maybe you know somebody i heard the other day talking jim mora um junior not senior senior doesn't want anything to do with it. i'm i'm not a, i do not yeah. think jim jim mora well, no. jr does not fit under your category of game changer urban meyer and bob stoops are game changers that that's yeah. who changes and i like that everything and exactly but yeah because uh i i and i so yeah, Jim Morris. I always thought he he got more credit than he than he really deserved. So it's just interesting because we're talking. So here we are talking. We've come up with two names, um, but would they want to come to to UT? I, you know, I, I think Philip Former is trying to change things. But how long do you give the AD? Uh, there's just a lot of unknowns. But again, I I, I want to know who we're who we could attract, who if you, you know, said the UT job's open, who would be throwing their hat in immediately, who would be the ones that we'd be getting. Okay. That are game changers. We'll, we'll talk about it, John. Thanks, Thanks for the call. That's okay. a fair Take question. Care, it's a fair question, and but it's the same game that they've played the last couple of times they've done the search. They, yeah. they wanted Bob Stoops. They wanted Urban Meyer back then in terms of whoever those names were at the time, and they, they ended up with the fourth or fifth guy on the list. Uh, or further down. Further down. Uh, we'll get Justin on the other side, and we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this. Darren, Donick, and Chase at Centennial Sportsplex, ESPN 102.5 The Game. I was looking at the Western Conference champion odds, so who the odds makers are predicting to come out of the Western Conference. They have Vegas as the favorite. Really? Colorado is the second favorite. St. Louis is the third favorite. Nashville and Dallas tied as the fourth favorite to come out of the West. Calgary and San Jose fifth. That's your top five with um, two sets of teams having the same odds. Calgary and San Jose so and Colorado Nashville and Dallas. Colorado second. Yeah. 
That is really Vegas, Colorado, St. Louis, and then Nashville and Dallas have the same odds. Calgary and San Jose have the same odds. Come out of the West. Hmm. So there you go. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Justin in Clarksville has been waiting patiently. Justin, what's up? Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing? Not much. Ah, great. So I got a two-part question for you, and uh, it deals with Philip Palmer, and I keep hearing comments on the radio, what, what it would look like if he took over as the head coach, right? So he's been out of head coaching for 10, 11 years now since 08, I believe. More than that. Do you think Philip uh, Palmer was 2005 was his last year? No. No. I thought it was 08. 08? Yeah. 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 Uh, you're right. So, right. So, so he's been out. The college landscape has changed dramatically. Is his name still relevant enough, not questioning his X's and O's, but is his name relevant enough and what he means to the Vols to get out there and recruit, continue what he did back in the day? And then the second part is, if he can't do that, if he turns into another Pruitt, Butch Jones, not saying that's what he is, but what if he can't do what everyone wants him to do? What kind of state does that put the Vols into? If in three to five years, losing records back to back to back, someone like Fulmer, do you keep him? Do you let him walk away? Do you fire him? What do you do? It's a good question. Thank you, Justin. Appreciate it. Uh, I, I can't imagine. I never envisioned it when I said this is how I could see it playing out is – him being a long-term fix i think it's it's got to be short-term i'm not saying short-term as in three or four games but not three to five years i don't see that i think it's it's more of the if it was in mid-season get through the rest of the season or next year and then but the problem is kind of what also i laid out two weeks ago it's going to be look you're not going to go back to the caller before last segment you're not going to get urban meyer or Bob or Stoops. Bob Stoops when Philip Fulmer's the AD. It's not going to happen. What, it's the and, same reason Barry Alvarez, Wisconsin, hasn't been able to get that big, big-time coach, right? Because you've got a helicopter AD who used to be the football coach, and they don't want somebody who's going to come in there and tell them, yeah, I need you to get off my field. We're practicing. I need you to go back to yeah. your office or whatever, but I don't need you down here on the field hands-on. When we're doing practice, we we'll do is, some fundraisers. We got right, this down right, here. and so right. an established coach is not going to put up with that, and so they're never going to go to Knoxville with Phil Fulmer being an a, a helicopter AD. No, do you think? I, I I really would be curious to know what the exit strategy would be from Philip Fulmer, because in his mind, do you think he would look at himself as I'll just go in there for a year? Or I'll just go in there for two years. I don't know if he would do well, that. Uh, you know, that's that's a fair question. I don't. I think he. He's the AD. What's his mindset? I think he right. mindset right. might be. I'm the coach well, until I'm right. Not the I'm the, I can restore Bill this. Snyder. Yeah. I can get absolutely. By the way, the and tour, the, the second tour of duty is Bill Snyder's the second tour of duty, and it worked out all right. Yes. Right. Yeah. We've had we've seen second tour of duties work out. I, I don't I, know Philip Fulmer that well, but he does not strike me as a guy that would. Just that, go in there. I'll point. just go coach a that's couple a games. That's a fair and point. And, the about and then how does he slide out and the next guy slide I, I agree with that. Is there a coach in this. waiting? Is there a Will Muschamp on the staff someday that he says, okay, I'm going to groom. This is the guy I want to groom. I mean, that's that's a way that you could sell you could sell that. Because you were asking okay. about the staff. And, and in my mind, if I'm the administration, I say, okay, you, you want to do this? Then 
let's find that up-and-coming coordinator that can be the coach in waiting. Even though I feel like they've kind of gotten away from the coach in waiting is kind of a, nobody really does that. It anymore. hasn't really worked. It was dumb to begin with. Yeah, it was stupid. And so yeah, I don't really think there's that whole coach in waiting thing. That just I, I guess in the question an ideal I have, scenario would be for him to groom somebody. How to does Ohio over. State always get it right? How do they always get it right? How, how do they get to go from, you know, the Trestles and Urban Myers to Ryan Day, which I know it's still early, but right now the Ryan Day looks pretty good. So how do they how do they never go through this lull? How do they always find the coach that, that works? Well, how far back are you going? I mean, it, the Jim Trestle thing didn't end well, and they had But they had Luke success. They had a lot of success. Well, what won a I'm national saying, championship with him. Well, he he was not a big name hire. No, when he young nobody, nobody ever heard of him no. when, when he hired well, outside of Ohio. Right, agreed. He was winning national championships at Youngstown State. Had a lot of success at Youngstown State. Yeah, but I so I I'm just saying like Ryan Day was he a guy you didn't know a whole lot about Ryan Day I would imagine unless you were really following closely. Well, I think His they, name I think, was out there. I, was they saying, I think they knew. Oh, they absolutely do. Wasn't he rumored that Vrabel was trying to get him? When you say the the game changer, yeah. uh, Yeah. Mike Vrabel absolutely wanted Ryan Day. Right. But my point is that he was not a established Bob Stoops, Urban Meyer, the guys that you are throwing out there. Well, let's get the game changer, which seems to be what Tennessee has done the last couple of go-rounds. Let's get the game changer, and then they filter down and end up with who they have. They have not identified the Ryan Days and the Jim Trestles very well. I don't you really, identify I don't really game changer. I mean, I don't look. Mike Leach is nice. And Jeff Brom is nice. Mike Gundy's they're not game changers. Like Bob Stoops but, and Urban Meyer, that's game changers. Like that, that is a right, different but, level. But that's my point. Ryan Day like is trying not a game, to get Dave right. Doran at NC State is not a game changer. No, Ryan he, Day is not a game changer, and Jim Tressel was not at the time considered a, a game changer. Right? It was just a very smart hire in retrospect. But at the time, people were going. Ohio State can't get anybody better than yeah. Jim but Oklahoma Trestle. and Ohio State have proven track records. They know how to identify that guy. Well, Tennessee doesn't. Right. Tennessee doesn't at. have that track record. Ohio but, State okay. and Oklahoma has figured that out. Here, here's the especially with the last two two hires. I mean, Stoops helped them identify that, and Urban Meyer helped them identify Ryan Day at Ohio State. So they've had that too. Yeah, right. Uh, let's go to Shannon. Shannon, what's up? Hey guys, I just think that uh, Herman Edwards sitting over there at Arizona State having one heck of a year right now, and if he wants to actually go somewhere and win a national championship, um, he's not going to do that at Arizona State. Uh, certainly that program is going to go up and down because it's a smaller school. I think that if he went to a bigger school with uh, the way he's building there and built something else, he might be uh, an answer for someone. He may be, say that part again, Shannon. We couldn't hear you. The Zamboni oh. zipping by us. Sorry, man. Uh, it was just the fact that I think Herm Edwards would be a, a game changer. I, I think what he's doing in Arizona State is pretty great, and uh, I think that's someone that you can bring in. Okay. So now we're saying because Herm Edwards has had a couple good years that he's going to be a hot coaching hire? I mean, I, I'm not yeah. – nothing, nothing against you, Shannon. I, I – I don't see. I th- he went to Arizona State because he had a connection. He had a buddy that was the AD, and well, it was his agent. But his he's agent, built yeah. it, 
don't, he has. I, I, I'm not discounting that. Don't think he's leaving. But I, I just don't see him having aspirations now to bounce around to. Yeah, not. And he's a remember he's a guy from out west, so, so I think he wants to be out west. I see what you're saying. I just look, I don't hey, know Shannon, if that's we love her, man. We believe yeah. yeah, we love her on this show. But look, I just it, I don't see that. He he wouldn't. Gotcha. You know, he would join the show. He would come on. Oh, we, we would get him on. The we wouldn't show. have any problems getting the Tennessee coach on then. We can't get Jeremy Pruitt on, but, but we would get Herm Edwards on. Shannon, thank you for the call. No problem. We'll come back and wrap up the third hour of Darren, Donnie, and Chase next. Max spinning the tunes back at our studios. Don't forget uh, the pregame show this Sunday. Titans will host the Bills. All the action will begin here on ESPN 1025 The Game at 7 o'clock in the morning. Four and a half hours of pregame coverage leading up to the kickoff of Titans and Bills. And then at 9.30, the pregame show, the live pregame show, downtown will begin at George Jones on 2nd Avenue. That will be from 9.30 until 11.30. And so if you're going to be downtown and you're looking for a place to hang out before you head over to Nissan Stadium, George Jones, downtown 2nd Avenue, would be the place. Of course, our pregame show is brought to you by Wholesale Link, powered by RumbleOn.com. That is where the studios where Max Hers currently is. Kubota Tractors, Middle Tennessee Kubota Dealers, and Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House. I gave you the odds in the Western Conference. How about the Central Division odds? According to the smart folks out in the desert, they have Colorado, no surprise there, as the favorite to win the division. Dallas second, along with St. Louis, tied, and then Nashville right behind them. That is their – Colorado's a plus 250, Dallas, and St. Louis is plus 400, Nashville plus 425. I like those odds. It's good value. Value odds right there. Don't think it's much of a surprise. It's just, I guess, the – This division, once the again. The hype of, of Colorado is real. What What's changed? I think their performance in the playoffs last year, for sure. And the fact that yeah. uh, Rantanen is now signed. Okay. But I, I think everybody was factoring Kale, in. He'll Kale be, McCarr uh, is a difference-making is, defenseman that's supposed to be very, the real young, deal. Yeah, very, very young. He's the real deal. If he's anything close to what he was in the playoffs, he's a, yeah. he is a difference-maker. I think the only question for them is, can Grubauer do it for the whole year? It is my big question, and I, I – how can you trust Grubauer to do that for the well, year? We'll find out. And is their defense going to put him in a good position? Like, I, I don't think there's any question. Colorado is going to score a ton of goals. They're going to be able to just ha- – they can match firepower but with almost anybody. Didn't they score a ton of goals for Varlamov? And he couldn't keep his spot. So I, I think the McCarr deal is You're saying that deal. is, That's a that big is deal. the difference maker. Yeah. Are they? Are, would you put Colorado in the category of they? They're kind of like the Predators from a couple of years ago, or, or they've been on that same track, I should say. You know, they they played the Preds two years ago in the playoffs. Everybody was like, okay, look, look pretty good. And <laughs> yeah, they've they, been building. I they, think they've just been building. First young round, second round. Yep. You're saying now this is the breakthrough? Yeah. Hope not, but well, right. You're onto something. But, but I mean, be. they're just they're trending that way. I mean, I think I remember us talking about it when we were out in Denver around yeah. that series going, boy, this Colorado team looks like a team that is kind of going through the steps the Predators went through. That, you I, know, this is the first step. 
And then, you know, it's it's layer by layer. And, you know, as we used to always talk about, okay, what did they learn? You know, right. you got to do home ice or, you know, don't want to go out to the West Coast. You know, yeah, you know the learning steps to get to, to break down the door, get to the Stanley Cup final. I don't know. Good point. I, I still think Grubauer, I, I, you know, maybe maybe that is the answer. Maybe the defense, you, because of McCarr, that's way – but you're willing to trust Grubauer to ride him through the regular season all the way to the finish line? Like he's going to be the guy? That's look, that's, that's going to the be their biggest question. That's and that's the plan. difference because, you know, with, with the Preds, when they went through this this growth, you knew who their goalie was. You didn't, you didn't question it. You had – you had Pekka and you had faith in Pekka, but um, you know, can Grubauer be the guy? But I, I love that offense. I love what they have around. But around really, the team. offense hasn't changed. I mean, that, the offense. No, is, it's changed in the fact that it's gotten more experience. Well, more experience, and you add McCarr. They've been lighting the lamp pretty consistently for the last couple of seasons. I mean, scoring has never been something we were right. like, "Come on, man! If the Avs could just figure out a way to score." Right, that was never that Landis Cog guy and that McKinnon guy. Yeah, I mean that Rantanen. I mean those guys. If they could just figure out how to put the puck in the back of the net a little bit more. I mean we we weren't having those discussions. We knew they could do that. Um, they've been building that defense, and and maybe Willie, what you said, maybe that is the difference. Maybe that provides a little bit more protection for Grubauer that Varlamov didn't have. He had a young Girardi right in front of him, and Girardi's gotten better, and so. You know, Still at the time, young. Girardi was, what, 19 out there, and so maybe that affected Varlamov's play. But I'm just saying, you know, for everybody who's saying – I mean, Ryan brought this up when I was doing Preds Insiders with him last night, Ryan Porth. He said, wow, yeah, Krubauer's got all this offense. And I'm like, okay, well, well, didn't Varlamov have all this offense? And he couldn't make it work. Uh, I, I see what you're saying, but I, I just – and time's going to tell on whether Grubauer can hold it all together, but – I just I do value experience. I value their offense, but I value experience. So, uh, I mean, we've seen it firsthand here of how experience has has helped things. So, I think that can definitely factor in. Time will tell, right? Grubauer has never played more than forty games in one year. So I think that's going to be the question, just for, like it is for any guy who's sure. going to back up that to become a starter. That's yeah, quite a job, shoulder by the, the load. Way. Yeah, they've got a guy who's played in the KHL, the Czech League, that has excelled in those leagues. So they feel good about him as the backup. Those are like me. beer hockey leagues, right? Well, the KHL is above a beer league, but not all the guys. <laughs> you know, it's more of a translate, league. right? <laughs> That's a fair point, I'd say. It's but like what what accurate. is the big difference between a beer league and a vodka league? Vodka League can be a little more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for all the wrong reasons. You sneak that in a water bottle pretty good. Yeah, well, there used to be a running back in the NFL that uh, would get his goose on in his water bottle, if you remember. The one that played – well, the one that played here was tequila. No, 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 I'm not, that's not who I'm talking about. No, I don't. You don't remember the former Ohio State quarterback, the Ohio State quarterback that didn't he used to get his goose on in camp? In this little I, Gatorade I bottle? I don't remember this. You don't remember Maurice Claret saying that? I don't. Willie, you remember that? How Wasn't long ago from, was that? Well, the, it was with the in the Broncos camp. It's not a good uh, not a good recipe, by the way. Usually no. not good for you <laughs> to do that. <laughs> hey, go on. Go on. <laughs> hey, put me in, coach. 
It's hot out here. All right, we'll come back. We'll head over to West End. We will talk to Vanderbilt head football coach Derek Mason. That is to kick off the fourth and final hour of Darren, Donick, and Chase. That's next.